the Marvels has hit theaters. Is this the end of the MCU as we know it? Find out that today and more on today's episode of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. That was Joseph Jeremy Medina. I'm Brandon Jones. And as he said, this is Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of the Genreverse Podcast Network and your hearts. The, and your yeah. hearts. Yeah. Yeah. So, Captain Marvel, the sequel, The Marvels. It has a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and an 85% from the audience. And in summary, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. When her duties and her anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with the Jersey City superhero Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut Captain Monica Rambeau. Jammer, what What's did up? you think of this film? So in short, uh, I thought The Marvels was a fun ride full of uh, characters with fantastic chemistry but it was also kind of a mess it was also really? kind of yeah oh man oh man we'll dig a bit deeper into it a bit later but i'd say it's probably one of the sloppiest marvel films to date in my mind in terms of plot and just filmmaking but there was enough good for me to see overall still give it sort of a positive review i i left the theater mostly feeling positive i like the characters and i think it also did a lot to kind of give carol danvers personality that we haven't gotten from her over the past several movies however movies she's been involved in, which i think was a huge plus um i i think you can kind of see some of the stuff about the behind the scenes issues with marvel with regards to its production cycle and how that works i saw a lot of kind of cracks in the armor so to speak just on full display here but that's kind of my short review. I think I give it a C plus. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to side with the audience score on this one uh, at an 85. So I would say that this film is at least a very solid B and but for Secret Wars, or I'm sorry, Secret Invasion, I could have been talked into a B plus. Um, I will say that given that this franchise is 15 years old at this point, I'm a little surprised that we're still dealing with this weird villain issue where oh my god bar every second bar she Din, was on screen every second she was on screen i was like i'm zoning out absolutely so unbelievably so forgettable like and what's what's sucks about that is i really dug the plot purpose of getting her motivated and moving like i thought that that was such a good motivation something you could get behind um but like her as a character was just like just bad just terrible um and I think that the real triumph of this film was making me care about what's going to happen to these characters next and making me want to know. Um, because after 2019's Captain Marvel, I was like, whatever, I don't care. Um, I did not finish Miss Marvel. Um, and that's the other thing about this film. I famously do not like children uh, in mm -hmm. media. And I think what they did such a good job of and what I realized, one of the reasons why I don't like kids in projects like this is because I think that writers and directors, when they have kids that behave this way, sometimes like Peter Parker, the way he was when he met uh, Tony Stark, it's annoying to me. And I, I don't like that. But what I loved about this film <laughs> is that you had, they listen, that, that's just what it is. Yeah. I think that those people are like, they're putting themselves in the minds of that character. When really, as I watch the film, I'm Monica Rambeau. And I'm rolling my eyes at like this, this bullshit. And so that's what I really appreciate is that you had this quote unquote foil to that kind of fan worshiping behavior. Um, mm. I'm sorry, hero worshiping behavior um, where there was somebody literally rolling their eyes every time she was like, oh my God, Captain Marvel. And like, Monica's like, Fuck, Jesus Christ. So yeah, I, I really like kids. that. Um, kids. But, fucking kids. But yeah, let's, let's talk about this film. Let's get into spoilers. Um, well, I want to talk. So you, I want to talk really quick. The or go ahead. You can still talk about it in spoilers, right? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So 
you were talking about the cracks in the armor. So the thing yes. that you interrupted me about, please talk about that. But also okay. the cracks in the armor. Like, let, let's let's talk about that. Well, I do want to talk about one of the things that I really liked, and that like was I the chemistry between the three. I gave you the open. The three. All right, I want to talk about the three characters. What I liked about it is how what they provided, how well they complemented each other. You literally just have three sides of a three-sided. Hole. I guess a triangle. There you go. Three sides of a hole. Oh, a hole. Gotcha. Not a H O L E. A W H O L E. I got very confused for a second. Um, where you have literally you have the brain, the brawn, and the heart, and just mm. like the different parts that they make of like a whole human being. Where you know Monica Rambeau, she's the smart one. Captain Marvel just punches things, and then uh, Ms. Marvel, she like it's like, hey, let's be em- empathetic towards each other. Like the part that I realized that was that moment where you know Monica Rambeau was freaking out about stuff because obviously she. I forgot what it was specifically, but she was mad at Captain Marvel. And then like, it, uh, what's her name? Ms. Marvel hugged her and was like, looking over to Carol Danvers. Just like, okay, here's the part where we hug, come over here, do yeah. this. Like, it's just how they kind of complete each other. I thought that was really cool. And I liked it a lot in theory and mostly in execution. I thought the bonding uh, moments between all of them were really, really strong. And I just wanted, I wanted to see more of that, frankly, but we had a plot to deal with a story that had, to do with things and i was bored by the villain and i'm like i kind of whenever whenever something regarding the stakes came up i'm like zoning out throughout the whole movie you know what it felt like it felt like i was it felt like i was watching a mission impossible movie where i didn't really know what was going on but i'm just like sure we're here now nah, okay i don't know about that this is happening so, no, so but, i'm gonna i'm gonna, it, I'm gonna disagree on. with you because you know it wasn't, like it wasn't, I always know what's going on. But, but, but it wasn't that confusing probably okay, i'm assuming i'm assuming it wasn't that confusing but they didn't make it interesting enough for me not to zone out when they were expositing. That is the problem. I was so bored when they were expositing. Like when in the scene where you had uh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know, villain lady. I think it's Bardet. I think talking it's Bardet. to talking to the scrolls, scrolls. Yeah, the scrolls, and being like, "We need your help." This and that, and I was zoned out. I got bored. You know what? I zoned out during that scene because I'm just so fucking over the scrolls. Like I'm just done. Like I don't. I didn't. See I, them and I didn't. I didn't finish again. Secret Invasion, so I don't know what the current don't. state of the scrolls are. It's terrible. No, I know. You anyway. know what's funny? You know what's? You know. Well, wait. Here's what's funny about that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you finish, Taylor. But let me jump in here. I know that here's the thing that bothers me about Secret Invasion. It's the fact that. Sam Jackson, Nick Fury has a whole fucking wife, right? That we never knew about that showed up in Secret Invasion. And I just knew that as he's up on this space station, there would be some scenes, some acknowledgement, some something, nothing like it never came up. Like just, and I was like, what, what the fuck was the point of any of that stuff? So like, if there we was know any if this whole, takes place before or after inv- Secret Invasion, this is after. This is this after. after. Okay. This is after. Um, and so, like, just any hope of there being like some emotional heft or weight to Secret Invasion is just gone, right? Or having it carry forward or something. Like, I was just like, now I can really not give a fuck about that show because that was the only kernel of curiosity I had from that show. Uh, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Continue. So. Well, now let's talk about what I talked about—the cracks in the armor. Um, okay, let's it was it. mostly in the fi- the story, in the script, and the filmmaking. That sounds that's a lot, but um, so, so more than movie. any other MCU movie, I just felt I saw the strings a lot. So there are a couple parts here, just as an example, like a, that are kind of microcosms where there is the scene where. Ms. Marvel has like this stuffed animal and she's like being nice to the little scroll boy and be like, it's okay. We're going to get your family back to you. Hmm. That scene to me looked, felt like a reshoot scene. Like, oh, we need a moment where we show that she's brave. So let's do that. Let's just have this little scene where it like the whole movie stops just to show how kind she is. It felt like a studio note. And then there was another part where Carol Danvers and Monica Rambo, like she just started fixing some part of her ship. She's like, you want some help? And there's not really, it felt like another scene where it's like, oh, we need a, an extra scene where they're bonding. Uh, let's just say for some reason, a part of her ship got 
hit hurt and for some reason she doesn't know how to fix it very well even though she's been doing this for decades and there's like just a lot of little things like that where it just felt like let's just insert this here and let's just insert this here and it just made the whole movie feel kind of like really choppy and i think we're what doesn't also help is in addition to those script ads what it feels like a script ad it may not be but it felt like one is that the filmmaking feels like it's getting worse and maybe that has everything to do with maybe there's their visual effects pipeline being so ridiculous because you know me if the visual effects aren't perfect it's no usually okay but there were so many distractingly awful shots in this movie with the visuals that it really pulled me out. So there was that one scroll planet that got destroyed. There was a shot that I swear could have been a PS3 game. There was like another part where there where Nick Fury is flying that ship out of the thing mm-hmm. and they almost get sucked into a hole before the hole farts and like gets them out. There's like it it looks the 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 actual look of the ship itself is too smooth. It doesn't look right at all. And there's just like so many things between that and the the choppy scenes. It just feels kind of mixed mishmashed together in a way that feels very sloppy in it. It just seems like the the end result of a production company that doesn't have enough time or resources or skill from the director or uh, in order to finish the movie effectively. So I will say my analogy is always about driving a car, right? If it's a smooth ride, there are less things that I notice. And Mm. for me, there was so much that I did enjoy about it. So you already talked about the chemistry, love the chemistry. Um, The scene that you ref, the two scenes that you referenced, like I didn't really notice. You're probably right about the thing about, um, the ship needing to be fixed, but I thought that the scene was value add because it explained the look and the feeling from WandaVision, right? So when Captain Marvel gets mentioned in WandaVision, you see Monica kind of like, uh, and you're like, what is that? What, what does that mean? And we, there's no payoff for that. And so when this, you get to understand like her emotion and her reason, I do think that it was the the moment was manufactured and or engineered that's, it. that's what but it was the, but the feelings that were displayed um and like that rationale and that reason i found to be value add in the movie so i immediately did think that like once she did her little light thing and then like walked off i did i did think like that's like you're not going to check and see if, if that's it if she's done it's like okay well but i i liked what that scene meant for those characters and that, that development and that moment, because it moved that emotional payoff um, forward. I like, found. Well, I want to add on that. Humor... Like, okay, I agree ahead. that the, that moment, that's why it feels like a studio note because it, the moment feels manufactured. It feels like something they had to incorporate into what was already pre-established. And there, that's why it felt manufactured it didn't feel like a natural progression of the script it felt like something that was just plunked in yeah and i understand why it's function as you mentioned i get the function but it, the circumstances felt manufactured anyway sorry continue yeah. no i liked the action um yeah and the complexity of the action is prop part of what made it so fun right it's not just a fight scene it's a fight scene where these three people are switching places going different locations and all of that happening at the same time made it visually fun to watch and i that also first thought fight that scene was exhilarating was so fun yeah. that first fight scene yeah. oh my god it was so good like it was a lot of fun um yeah. i also thought this movie again you talked about how carol danvers was more of a human in this than she's allowed to previously be this movie had so much humor in it and like appropriate humor um because i think there are there are some marvel films where um, something happens and somebody's just like waiting to say a funny thing, right? Like there's a moment that just gets ruined by somebody needing to tell a joke. And I, I thought that the humor in this was much more natural and a lot more. Um, so like when they get to the water or not the water, oh, the water planet, but also the music planet. I loved that scene where Monica like tries to walk up to the child and talk to the child. It's not a joke, 
right? But it's just weird. a funny moment. It's just a weird moment. Situation where she's like, comedy, as it yeah, were. she's like, "Hello, little girl," and like the child just fucking ignores her, and she's like, "Yeah, unless you're singing, they can't hear you." And then the explanation for why the prince could talk, like, "Oh, he doesn't have to sing." He's bilingual. He's bilingual. <laughs> like it was, it was so good, and it feels like the kind of humor that Love and Thunder was going for, but just mm. missed. And I thought that yeah. this did such a much better job of that. So like, I, oh, in addition to that. So what I loved about this film is you've got um, the found family of these three individuals, but then you've also got the actual family of Kamala Khan. And I, I could not in talking about this film without mentioning like how well I thought they fit in this film. Mm-hmm. Um they just like having the mom and the dad on the screen and to the lesser extent, the brother. Um, I, I loved it. Um, as someone who absolutely could not stand the first film, I thought that the, they did such a good job of um, making this into a, an enjoyable film. And I don't know if that is, I don't know what I, I would attribute that to, but I, I like this film much better than the first one. And I, to your point, I thought that this portrayal of Captain Marvel was much better it has more personality and i think what it does is it puts her because the first movie and continuing on it's just like oh she's she's really strong yeah she's kind of emotionless but the thing about it is i almost think in retrospect it makes those better because emotions just make her uncomfortable yeah like they just do and she's so driven by what she has to do she doesn't have time to deal with all the other stuff and you kind of get in this where it's like these two characters force her to do that, make her uncomfortable and give her personality. So like you said, they're, they're nice. Like they're nice, complete, they complete the triangle together of personality. They bring out the best of each other in a fun way. And I, yeah. uh, leading up to that, that water planet where the moment where, well, they ask Captain Marvel about the planet and she says, yes, in a weird way. And then Kamala's just like, what, what is she that? said that, what is that really weird. Didn't she? Like that was really funny. And then um yeah, they had a lot of like really great moments and the the montage was super fun of them learning their abilities and them practicing. Mm-hmm. Like when they did where she's like, Okay, on three, one, two, three, go. And then she's like, Why would you say go if you meant on three? Or why would yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. And just those little things throughout were really were really cute. And just yeah, I wanted more of that. I wanted less of the boring plot. But I understand you, you the plot have, has to yeah. happen. I yeah. get it. I get it, but honestly, it kind of also made me want a TV show. And another reason why, sorry, one more thing before we close out, because there's a lot of the the problem I also had was that there was this ghost of a second Captain Marvel movie that we didn't see. It was weird to me that we had all of this stuff. It's like, oh, she went and she did this whole other thing in a time that we didn't see that. Like when she what? went and destroyed like the, the oh the AI whatever the AI of the the hollow planet and stuff and it it just felt weird that like it felt like we were missing something we were I'm missing a story anything related yeah. to that first film I don't need more of I'm good <laughs> yeah it was just weird um and that that's another thing that made added to make it feel sloppy it just felt like they were filling in little little bumps on the road and I could see the spackle I could see. The, the pieces, the darker pieces of tar on the road. And then occasionally I would hit a pothole. Yes, I, I still yes. was able to drive across the road. But, you know, I, I could still I could still judge and be like, yeah, the city really should take care of those potholes a little bit better. Um, that's kind of how I felt watching this movie. So let me ask you, we got two relatively consequential post-credit scenes. Are those wrapped up in the things that you would like to talk about? Post uh, What do you mean? Oh, what do you mean? What, what I mean? There oh, are things no. that you would like to talk about no, related no, to the no. Marvel universe. Uh, one of the uh, sure, sure, yes, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Okay, let's. Are you guys so, sure you want to include the uh spoilers at the end of this movie in your news discussion? Yeah, that's a good point. Why don't we just have a separate little section here that is post credit scene? There It'll you be go. Like three minutes. I think long. that sounds good. All right, run it. First one's very easy. I give zero fucks about the young Avengers. Move the fuck. How on. very dare you? I like here's here's my here's how I think how he differ from most people. I love I'm the 23. Show. I don't give a shit. I loved the Hawkeye show. No. I loved the Hawkeye show so much. And I like what's her name? What's her name? Kate Barton. Is that right? 
You love it so much. Not Kate Barton. No, that's not. What's your name? Bishop. Bishop. (laughs) I merged her name with what's his name? Um, Clint Barton. Yeah, Kate Bishop. I like her character a lot. I like her character, and I liked Hawkeye show. And it was weird. I don't. I didn't feel like there was a buildup to that. Like she's like, oh yeah. And then cut to her being Nick Fury. And I'm like, wait, how did that, what did that have to do with what you were talking about? I wasn't, I didn't understand yeah. it. Yeah. You know and what? I, Part of the reason I, I don't like, I didn't care about the younger Avengers to begin with. And then the setup made didn't. me care even less. Uh-huh. Right. Like yeah, why, I'll why do we it. need this young Avengers team? Why? Do, why? Like, yeah, I agree. What, what's the I agree. thing? No, I agree. There is no why. There is no why. Yeah, there's, which yeah, is why so it was jarring. Care. But it doesn't you know. make me. Yeah, no, I like the thing is I like both Whatever. of those characters though. I like both those characters. I'm like, all right, I'll see y'all interact. And I like Yelena and how she interacts with Kate Bishop. I yeah, like by the, the time they, separately. Like by the, the time they, they squirt that fucking film or TV series out, they will just be the Avengers, not the Young Avengers. Okay. Moving on. Ready? Oh uh, yeah. So the next motherfucking X Men. Eh. No, like okay. the there's only eh? yeah, I get it. Meh. I I take Kyle's point that he made in Discord that it's a daily and a dollar short. However, mm. here here's my here's my rebuttal to that. Okay. Um I still want it. <laughs> I <laughs> ah. here's here's what I like about it. I like that they did the thing that I said that they would always have to do, right? That these mutants couldn't have already existed mm-hmm. within this universe because like the whole conceit for the X-Men is that they're hated, right? Mm-hmm. They're hated yes. for who they are. They're hated for what they do. And so I like that at least in the setup for this, like we understand if these are the Fox X-Men, which we could probably one One of the Fox is... X-Men's. Yeah, like some I'm, I'm convinced that most of, of those Fox movies universe. take place on completely different universes from they, each other. They do. It's going to be an true. amalgamation. Yeah. Um, I... I'm not 100% sold that that it's that. And I think it's it's a reason why you get a CGI beast that is still voiced by Kelsey Grammer. It's the same reason by, mm-hmm. why Charles Xavier got killed in um, Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. because that's not the one that we know, despite looking and sounding like that. Um, I what The other thing that I liked about this film was, unlike the stinger from Multiverse of Madness or Eternals mm-hmm. where it's like hey it's Harry Styles hey yeah. it's Charlize Theron like this was more story centric and yeah. more like hey this is what yeah. we're going to do it and wasn't so stunt while, casting yeah it wasn't a stunt and so there was a discussion in discord about somebody saying that they were confused as to or they, they did not like the war was confused but I'm going to say did not like did not like that um Maria Rambo was both a version of Captain Marvel and binary. I think it makes sense to me because during a discussion between Carol and Maria, she said to Maria, like, it should have been you. So that explains why she's a Captain Marvel variant, because like somewhere in the logic of the universe, it could have been her. But I like that she's this character binary in the X-Men universe. Because we have these characters that appear in comic books and just just general media where they're meant to be quote unquote special, right? They're always going to be somebody. And what I liked about them casting her as binary is it gives you that automatic emotional connection with Monica Rambo. So you're already emotionally invested somehow in this universe a little bit more than you would ordinarily be. So I like that. Um, and that worked for me. And I also thought it was interesting that Kamala Khan's already been confirmed as this universe's first mutant or a mutant in this universe. The fact that she wasn't the one to meet the X-Men lets me know that they're at least trying to build some sort of emotional connection that is not necessarily just that. Um, They're not just going to slap you in the face with they're building something with it. At least I hope that's where they're going with it. So I like that. I got a question on the whole X-Men thing because... I read the I read a bunch of books, you know, for for ages. Yeah. Brag about it. Yeah, right. Um Messiah Complex. Did you ever read that one, Jonesy? Like I after know of it. I did not read it. Okay, so after Wanda's No More Mutants, you mm-hmm. literally have no new ones built, a bunch of them lose their powers, and then one's one is born. Um yeah. No More Are Built, I think I said No More Are Born. Uh and then one is one is born becomes Hope Summers. Um, Kyle, I read books. Yes, I do. Um, not much anymore. Uh, 
and damn it, you derailed me. Uh, Hope Summers. Anyways, I always thought that that would have been a really cool way to bring the X-Men in multiversal, multiversally. You mm. have the new MCU's X-Men movies starting at the end of, of WandaVision. Wanda gets into their universe looking for two boys. She creates the No More Mutants and you have a, a messiah complex. And the whole thing is them coming into... Finding refuge in the MC, the primary MCU, away from the hatred. So you have a lot of intact backstories, and the the idea of just amalgamating some of it for the old characters, and then just having all of your younger, more new, uh, newly created mutants coming from you know the primary uh, MCU. I don't know. It, it feels kind of messy. How are you feeling about it? Um, because I don't know what they're going to do with it. Let me put it another, let me put it this way. I like that they've done it this way because then people like you don't know what to expect and you won't be bothered by not getting what you want. <laughs> uh, so he seems I, pretty I bothered think... about potentially not getting what he wants right now. Sure. No, not, I, not so but... much that. I mean, I'm, I'm very much against bringing Foxman back. Like I think Kelsey Grammer was a Foxman. great choice. Foxman. Is that it? Is that a term people use? Yes. Foxman. Yes. I, we've it, had yeah. this I've never heard that. Before. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think Grammer was a great choice and I'm glad that it wasn't just the same him in the, uh, in the makeup. Um, but I, I'm not into, I'm not into the Fox Foxman thing at all. Like I don't even want to watch Deadpool kill the Foxman. I, I don't, <laughs> I just want it to be dead. Um, so I'm just pretending to get your wish. I mean, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, given the aesthetic, it will be some amalgamation of those universes. I, I think that it looks close enough to that, you know, kind of gray, white, and blue aesthetic. So, secret, but wars I, I'm really will, curious. Secret Wars will definitely combine not just the 84 book, but the 2015 merging of, of universes. Yeah. That's the that's incursions. The big thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think too. Is anybody watching Loki at all? Yes. Uh, I've only watched the first couple episodes, but there's that one room where every single time the, the doors open or close, I'm like, Oh yeah. I think that's, you know, uh, the doctor uh, freaking thing. Yeah. And it's not. I had to remind myself this is not an X Men knot. This is just a room that has like one of those doors that looks like it could, it could be, be both. an X Men door. I guess it could be. Both. It could be. Um, but you should finish it though. Time. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to. I love it. So no, no, I, first two no, no. I'm telling you, like great. it's it's very like I yeah, think it lulls I, in the middle, but I think it, oh, it's, does it? it's really good. Yeah, I think it's a strong ending. Like Loki, like I watched the first couple episodes. I'm like, I really love the show. Like the the vibe, the aesthetic, the 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 mind bending stories are pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's just just great. Which was funny because, you know, I think this could be a good transition to the uh, Variety article. I yes. thought just the imagery of the Variety article was interesting where you have Iron Man bringing up, you know, the, the, the I don't know what you would call it, the graph, right? The, the profits of whatever of Disney slash Marvel. And then you had Loki at the bottom with all of the new folks that are going to come out of this. And I couldn't tell why he was there a representative of kind of like a low point in Marvel. And I wondered if that is because even though it is good, there's just now a perception of Marvel generally yes. that um, yes. will stop people from exactly even it. wanting to watch it. So I think that's exactly it. Like even though Loki is a high point and a low point, it's still happening in the midst of a low point of the franchise. Uh, well, you know, I'll say this, and I, I think we can move off the review and, and confidently transition into that. I, this between this and Captain Marvel, I'm heartened. I'm sorry, the Marvels, I'm heartened. Um, but you know, I'm not back in yet. I'm really curious. So yeah, I mean, we can transition into the state of Marvel, but I think yeah, the Marvels itself is still has a symptom of things that are like, I don't know, symptom of issues where that are still coming from an earlier time and still coming from all let me explain for a second so for example we still don't really understand what and why the multiverse is happening you know i don't think each, they do either 
Yeah, I know, but here's you're right because you're right. You had a multiverse of madness version. You have a no way home version. You have a Loki version, and then we even peered into this at the end of the Marvels. And so I read that book, um, the MCU or MCU, and they had a little bit in it. I don't remember if this is something we knew already, but like <clears throat> it probably was. But they they really talked about how partially that multiverse was supposed to come out before Spider Man no way home and yeah. sony refused to move it and they had to rework multiverse in order to make that happen and i wonder how much of a wrench that threw into everything because the plan was to introduce the multiverse with doctor strange and then go into no way home and now that's not the case and now everyone is doing multiverse in their own way and it doesn't really make any sense so i feel like that's that is kind of a a microcosm of the overall issues with the state of Marvel is that they're juggling too many plates at the same time. Kevin Feige, as we saw in those things, are are is are too is too is spread too thin, and it's leading to a misalignment of schedules. It's leading to a bunch of like pipeline. Uh, what do you think would fix that? VFX pipeline. We all been you all been saying this for a long time. We've all been saying this for a long time. They need to have fewer projects. Just... Hmm. They need to have fewer projects and well specifically um yeah and there's like a bunch of things that there there are there's so many problems it's hard to pinpoint maybe what the main problem is or what other things matter and which don't like for example that that variety article pointed out that Nia DaCosta the Marvel's uh director wasn't present for the post production of the film um and by that to be clear she just wasn't physically present. She right. was still doing stuff for it remotely, but wasn't present. Um, and one thing, you know, I I do think needs to be pointed out is that this is not new. This happened. I was about to ask you, can you explain that to me? Because like I I don't know what that means for like if I I don't know mean? if it's I don't know if it's normal for a Marvel movie, but I know that it's happened all of the time. It happens all the time in terms of directors. It's like they, they like Steven Spielberg does a billion movies. And whenever he's done shooting one movie, he just hops over to the other movie, hops over to the other movie. And it kind of, it kind of goes on autopilot from what I understand. I'm sure he has some input, but by that point, I think his vision is kind of in the can and they're really just executing it from there. Um, and it sounds like that's what happened here. Like I know she went yeah. on to do another movie with Tessa yes. Thompson. Okay. Yes, exactly. So what I think, which is why we have to take some of this stuff with a grain of salt, not all of it, but some of it, is there seems to be like, because there are so many other problems, this just fits the narrative of lots of issues, even if maybe they don't directly contribute to the issues. Now, maybe this is a, a microcosm, like a, a another of another bigger issue in that they need to stop getting directors who haven't had visual effects heavy movies in the future so that things don't look as sloppy as this or we don't get another Thor Love and Thunder type thing where everything just looks super fake and weird like you actually have these directors who know how to handle visual effects and can set things up properly so that it is not all last minute fixes and whatnot like maybe that's a part of it but I don't think this is um but yeah let's uh as we mentioned before Feige is, is spread incredibly thin and as the report says, the year 2023 was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and specifically with regards to VFX, the pay and long hours at Marvel were the reason they had to start unionizing. Um, conditions were completely unsustainable. And I do have one question. Hmm. What do you think? So the unionization of VFX studios, what do you think that means for the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward? Because they can't you're going to get less work for more money. So what does that mean in terms of the production process? Does that mean we're just going to get lower VFX heavy movies? Does it mean that we're just going to have to get directors who have more experience in this? That way they can plan better and have better visuals overall. Or do you think it's going to be something else? Um, so I think it'll be a combination of things. You've already talked about the fact that they probably need to do fewer projects anyway. So I think that this will give them the excuse and opportunity to do that. And so while movies might end up, at least on that end, costing more money, 
if they shrink the number of projects that they're doing, it'll probably be okay from that perspective. Um, that's but each movie is going to carry more weight then, right? Weight. Each movie is going to carry more weight. Like this, yeah. Like it has to be a success. Like, do you yes. think budgets are going to go up, or do you think they're going to write the scripts for the visuals to go down in terms of how crazy they are? I think some of them you can't do that. So, like, think about an X Men movie, right? You've got how many people on an X Men team, how many different sets of powers. Um, so, I think at some point, if you try to do that, you will write yourself into just an un unsatisfying corner so i think they just have to make fewer films and fewer projects and write what they write okay that's that's you, that's my guess all right so you don't think they're gonna decrease the scope of their movies at all in order to fit a specific visual budget you don't think no, so i don't No. Hmm, interesting interesting do you think they're just gonna have worse visual effects do you think that, or do you think the effects, visual effects will go up in quality as a result? Ugh. Um, because I mean, l- I literally don't... looking at looking at the Marvels, like I, I I had a heart. I was looking at it, watching that scene with Nick Fury and that ship. And I'm like, this so easily, this easily looks worse worst, than Iron Man did in 2008. Easily, the worst thing that I noticed about that film was that scene of the Scroll Planet getting destroyed. Like that was the yeah. only one that was visually distracting to me. The rest of it just seemed normal. Um, so if it's of the quality of what I saw here, I don't think it would bother me too much with the exception of that one scene. Well, one thing I do think that will help in defense of what you said is that we're going to have fewer scripts or fewer movies, therefore fewer scripts. Um, one of the She-Hulk people or people involved in she-hulk i should say should say said that the so-called bad vfx we see are because of half-baked scripts that is not victoria that is kevin and even above kevin those issues should be addressed in pre-production the timeline is not allowing the marvel executives to sit with the material so i guess on that front it literally is just about things are moving so quickly they just have to put something into production and then by the time they get to a certain point, they have to revise it and revise it and revise it because, yeah. And this is another thing, something we've talked about before. This will, the other impact will probably be who they hire. So to the point that you made earlier about uh, folks who have less experience with VFX, part of the Marvel problem that we've seen is people keep saying, well, I want to, I because they aren't familiar with visual effects, they need something almost fully rendered before they can move on with the project. And that's not normal for folks who are who are more adept at working with visual effects. So you have these, I don't want to say novice directors, but directors who are not accustomed to working on visual effects, needing to see almost fully rendered projects before they can move on to the next thing. That's driving up cost, it's driving up time. Um, and then you also have, um, yeah. So I think that that's going to be another consequence too. They're going to be better about who they choose which you know that's going to cost more so that's going to be interesting too part of me is just like wants to be like oh wouldn't it be nice if we can get more mid-budget movies that'd be pretty cool wouldn't it in theaters that way you can get some uh mid-budget type stories to actually you know help build these filmmakers into larger movies rather than going straight from 500 days of summer to the amazing spider-man you know obviously that's a bad example because it's not marvel studios but you get the idea yeah i yeah unfortunately what was the film we were talking about demolition man right like yeah i've never seen nor heard of that director before or since um so i i hear what you're saying but i think that's just how hollywood is sometimes Um, last thing with regards to Marvel things are not still are still not things are still having issues you know no matter I don't know what I'm saying here there things are changing Um, there is there are a couple things a there's a new schedule with the the MCU because of the strike and that'll transition to our next topic but 
we now only have one movie coming out in 2024. Uh, and that's Deadpool 3 in July. We have Captain America 4 in 2025, Fantastic Four, Thunderbolts, and Blade. Those are all due for 2025, meaning next year, one Marvel movie. And then four the following year. Um, but one of those movies has some issue. This rumor comes to us from Jeff Snyder, and that rumor is Brave New World. Captain America Brave New World is moving to 2025. One of the reasons why it's moving is because it didn't do great in test screenings and that there are at least three sequences being cut with reshoots planned from January until May. So between the scheduling, I guess the strike and those issues, we're getting one movie. How does that make you feel Jonesy about the future of the MCU? Uh, I'm, it doesn't bother me that we're not getting that many films. I, it does bother me that the following year they're going to try to cram in four. Yeah, it's um, crazy, right? They should just do three or two. Four is yeah. just too many movies. That's a lot. That's a lot. Just too many movies. Um, so three three months, right? So every three months, you'll get another one. That's quite a bit. And from this perspective, it makes sense. The pipeline from movie theater to home is so much faster than it used to be. In addition to that, they now have this entire streaming platform that they need to keep bolstered. So if they're going to feed the beast, uh, which is their streaming platform, it does make sense to release that amount of content there. Okay. In three months, it's not going to be making that much money. Put it on the streaming service that people are continuing to pay for because they're getting these uh, relatively new films that they can just watch. Um, and so that's unfortunate. That That's an unfortunate consequence of, of having to do this. Um, what I hope it means is, that they will back off of the shows for Disney plus. Like that would, I that would be like, make that would be fantastic. One, maybe two a year. If that, like, you know, ideally what? for me, two shows and two movies. Disney plus should be the vault. Do you remember when you were a kid? Yes. And the Disney, they would be like, Oh, yes. Come get this movie before it goes back in the Disney vault. Like that's what this should be. This should be the Disney vault. And it all it is is a place where you go and watch all of the shit. Because um, it's already got like tens of thousands, if not millions of hours of shit to watch. So I don't understand why you think you have to make new content. Well, I do. I understand because people complain. Be people complain if there's not Fuck new content. People. They do. You know, they really. Do. So those people are not the people they should. Okay. So let's put this another way then. Everything isn't for everyone. And there are people like me who have kids who who not only enjoyed this stuff growing up, but have children that they would like to share it with. And so for me to do that, I would pay for that without any new or original content having come to Disney. I just want well, I, I see your point. Everything isn't for everybody, but Disney wants their stuff to be for everybody. That's the difference is they want. Yeah, that was a mistake. There's there's a, a point of, of diminishing returns in that there, there's only, they don't want they don't want to spend as much money as they spent on everything that they've done. And then there for there to be a ceiling of how high they can go because they've already, but put here's so much the consequence of that. They have to put more money into making more content it. and then, well, and then charge me more. And then I look at Disney plus and go like, do I actually need this? Mm. That's the consequence. That's fair. Yeah, that's so. fair. Do you know well, that the first? I, I just want to jump back to this real quick. Do you know that the first Captain Marvel made one point one billion dollars? I did know that. Yeah, this is not going to make that much money. No, this movie's going to make like four hundred million dollars. <laughs> if if that. that, this is going to be Quantum Mania money, which is a shame because it is leaps and bounds better than the first one. It's better than so, Kyle. You posted that list of like the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Yeah, for um, those films. Not in any universe does this belong next to the Eternals or Quantum Mania. It just absolutely the fuck does not. It doesn't. I think, I, that's I think it does. I think I think it's. It, I think about it in terms of Quantum Mania. I could see. I like. I thought Quantum Mania. Everyone so acted like that was like the freaking the Antichrist. It was fine. It's not it good. Was entertaining. It's it not was, good. It was no worse than this movie. Yes, it was. Okay. Hundred percent. I I I couldn't stand it. Eh, and fair. part of uh, yeah, I thought from a filmmaking perspective, like we could talk about it later. But yeah, it is yeah. not. There's no way that Quantum Mania was 
was on the same okay. level as this. Okay. Whatever you say, buddy. Whatever you say. I think they're on a similar playing field. No. Mm-mm. Okay. I, I think that there's a lot. I think there was a lot of potential for the Marvels that it didn't live up to, but I think the highs were high enough to the point where I was mostly okay with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else you got? Movies are coming back. TV shows are coming back. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There's a SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP. I think that's the right acronym or initialism, rather. They have finally struck a deal. So this comes to us from The Hollywood Reporter. They say that Wednesday night, so that is the the 8th of November. They said today's tentative agreement represents a new paradigm. It gives SAG after the biggest contract on contract gains in the history of the union, including the largest increase in minimum wages in the last 40 years, a brand new residual for streaming programs, extensive consent and compensation pr- uh, protections in the use of AI, and sizable contract increases on items across the board. The AMPTP is pleased to have reached a tentative agreement and looks forward to the industry resuming the work of telling great stories. And to sort of mirror that, SAG-AFTRA put out a piece and they dig a little bit more into detail saying that more than $1 billion in new wages and benefit funding is what they got as a part of the deal, streaming participation bonus, minimum compensation increases that break the so-called industry pattern for the first time consent and compensation guardrails on the use of ai we still don't have specifics on that and raise pension and health caps that will channel more value into our funds and finally critical protection for diverse communities still don't know what any of this is but uh i know there were two points words there was one point at least that was the big sticking point in the past couple of weeks regarding what the studios wanted which was the ability to scan an actor's body, use them in perpetuity, even in death, without the consent of the their surviving family members, and obviously without the consent of the dead person because they're dead. So that is something that it was weird. It was very weird. I don't understand. And it's very clear to me that studios are just like, we just want to be able to just make things without people. Let's just, what can we do to just automate everything just push a button it writes the script it acts it out it edits itself and then basically boom we make money we push a button and money gets printed and, kinda, and delivered to us by it's kind of funny how union unionization does that in a lot of industries automation follow <laughs> what dude he's dude. saying that when unions happen that automation <sighs> follows just to get rid of the humans yeah. So like, oh, it's great that you, unionize. it's great that you've made more money. Now we're going to make less of you do the job, do the work. Um, you know, it's funny from the story, this AI thing. The only thing that I remember is Sean Penn talking about like, oh, you want my face? You want my body? Well, let me get your face, your the face of your daughter and let me do whatever I want. And like, what? That was weird. What's that was weird. Fucking weird, man. Weird. Spicoli, um, man. Jesus. Um, it's weird. It's going to be hard for me to comment on this without actually seeing the deal itself. I am really curious, like how badly it sounded like the, the biggest sticking point for this deal was the AI. Um, so it, I'm curious what, if anything, if anything from AI survived in this contract, do you think it did? Did you think that uh, actors compromised in some way, some form? Ooh. Because I remember. I can't imagine them doing that. Uh, I can't imagine them being able to compromise on that. I feel like the studios probably would have had to drop it completely because I, if there was any part of the AI deal, any any remnant, any kernel from that one, I feel like that would we'll be pay you for already. it. We will compensate you for the use of your, your likeness. How? And then we will. But I, we will... I, I Maybe. What do you but mean? Like, yeah, we put. We put some sort I would be su- of... I would be surprised. Yes, obviously it's possible. I would be surprised just because this was such a big thing. I can't imagine them being like, you know, okay, we'll leave that little bit in there just for now, just to get things going. It, it's if I am it has such ra- it has somebody... ramifications across the board. I think I can't think of somebody that this might apply to, but let's let's pick Harrison Ford, even I know he wouldn't go in for this. Um he's been around for a long time. He's got um 
he wants this so that his kids can still make something right let's so let's let's do uh okay go ahead continue sorry no that was it like it is it is a um it is a it's a form of a pension that exists so that you know your heirs can continue to make money i could see that happening um and you know it's funny to kyle's point like i immediately started thinking of um uh, the Jetsons, right? So the movie studio execs are basically the Jetsons. They just want to push a button and pump out a bunch of Harrison Ford movies uh, after he's dead. So like, hey, let's make another uh, Tom Clancy movie. Harrison Ford, push a button, and then his heirs get paid. And protection. I think it's, I think it's cute, Kyle, that you think that <laughs> unionization is the reason why automation. No, it was just me making. It was just thing. me making a joke. Well, automation is going to come no matter what. But there are things yeah. that can speed it up, and and that goes to like when I was saying all the people that were super supportive of the strikes, and then price increases were announced, and they're like, "Let's pirate it," and it's like, well, all the revenue they just struck for is gone because you're going to pirate it any anyways it's it's just i'm just having a little fun at the at the nuance um i was going to say something else and then i i completely lost it because of that but whatever um yeah i i i take both of your points um to me it's not the fault of the unions it's the greed of the corporations right that that lead to that yeah um yeah sure and that would happen no matter what like they're always if there's a way like AI is increasing with such ridiculousness that, yeah, they're oh. going to find a way to use it to make money. Yes, Kyle, what's That's up? That's what I was going to say. The um, the uh, um, one of the potential like guarantees is maybe instead of a a four, you know, in um, uh, instead of an infinite, you know, limitless time to use the AI, they have to renew the contract with the estate yeah. every so often. That could be a protection, you know. So. Yeah, yep. I think I don't think necessarily not being able to utilize their likeness was a deal. It was just without being notified, compensated, right. or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's just that's the big deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm really curious. Weird. Uh, yeah, well, I'm interested to see what the the specifics of the deal are. Well, going forward, even in the thing that you posted, it says for the first time consent and compensation guardrails on the use of AI. So I do think that there is something in there that will allow the studios to continue to, to do the thing that they want to do. They're just going to have to notify. They're going to have to deal with people not, first. Oh, it's not going to be a free. No, life. no, it's ridiculous. Um, so the compensation guardrails of AI. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious what that looks like. Probably what we just talked about. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it's it for Shut now. It down. Shut, Shut it down. down. All right, folks, if you like what you heard, do all the socials, like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We would definitely appreciate it. Also, I'm sure it would, it would make Kyle very happy. Um, yes, it find us on the Genre Reverse Podcast Network on YouTube, and we will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna. Bye. Bye.